Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So, today is Thursday, April 16th. Boy, this month is um, moving kind of fast, kind of slow, kind of weird, right? And we're expecting some huge announcement, like the president said it's going to be a big day. And how do we realize where we're going with this announcement or what's going to happen? Well, that'll be... Uh, we'll know from watching who's standing with him. I'm kind of crossing my fingers that I'll see Attorney General Barr flanking him to make some sort of announcement uh, today. I'm really hoping so. Uh, I think uh, it is Holy Thursday today uh, for our uh, for my Orthodox uh, peeps. So uh, today is the day that we celebrate. Um, you know the last meal he had and how he was taken away that, that evening. So it's a, it's a pretty fine day per se. Um, in other, in other words, uh, I don't know where to start today, guys. I'm a little bit off my game only because I'm working on something that is, uh, very related to my work, uh, my old work, and um, Brennan, of course, and Assange, believe it or not. So uh, that's a report that uh, I think I want to put together with someone more professionally, uh, because this is going to show you and demonstrate to you just how far deep all of this goes, because everyone's kind of, you know, and, and, and I loathe this, because, and, and I shouldn't. Okay. I shouldn't. And I'm bad for even, you know, mentioning it, but people, we don't have patience. I, uh, guys, anybody that knows me personally, right. Knows that when I want something, uh, I wanted it yesterday. Even though I just came up with the idea, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted it done yesterday. If I have an idea like, Oh, I totally like, uh, I don't know, a new bicycle. It's like, Oh, I can't get the bike fast enough. Should have been here yesterday. Even though I came up with the idea right now. So like many of you, I'm impatient, but I want you guys to understand the scope of what is really going on. Uh, you know, there are, there are so, I want you to picture this in your head. And I've said this before, picture a train, right? With every single American sitting in that train. Okay. And now you're the, you're the conductor, you're president Trump. And you're like, boy, every single wheel that is on this moving train is corruption. The floor, the people of the United States are standing on is corruption. What does he do? Does he say, hold on to the ceiling while I remove the floor and replace the wheels while it's moving? He can't. It has to be done correctly. And a train like the United States of America in regards to economy, in regards to livelihood is not something that you could just say, oh, we're going to just take a stop right here. Right. And we're just going to pause for a second while we remove all the wheels. That's very hard. The only way you could do that is with a full blown military occupation, full blown martial law, which 
people were revolt against. I mean, people are already revolting, staying in their houses, and they don't seem to get it. This is what he had to do. He had to let you see it for yourself, that you should trust him, not the media, not their stupid experts, not their, you know, clowns, but him. So this is where it leads to. How do we stop a moving train and how do we not stop a moving train? Change the wheels and the floor without sacrificing someone. We can't do that very easily. So what we have to do is kind of take out the appendage wheels, maybe like a corner of the floor where we've moved people over, right? Slowly and in hopes that it doesn't propagate again. Cause you're like, Oh, I just removed that tile. And then you're working on another section with tile. And then that tile gets replaced with a corrupt one, right? Think about it. This is just how vast it is. When I'm telling you the work that I have been doing for the majority of my life, the people that I've been working for, for the majority of my life, have every single facet of your life under their finger, under their control. I kid you not. I, here's, a, here's a demonstration. The state of North Dakota has 700,000 people. They got less. Than, they have absolutely. on. <laughs> I'm so sorry. They have practically no deaths that would warrant a shutdown. And on top of that, you really don't need a shutdown. That's a state where your neighbor is like 20 miles away, where if you want to go to the supermarket, you have to drive a hundred miles. You know, it's not like everyone's congested yet. The state is shut down. And then you have the governor saying, Oh, safety, blah, 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 which is the one. Remember the, the governor of North Dakota sold his company to Microsoft. Microsoft still sports his names like Microsoft planes, software, something, something. He just had a, you know, Oh, let's meeting of the minds to create tracking software to give you a risk score. How risky are you as a citizen to the health of every other citizen? So every time you move and interact and go and come, he can see where you're going and assign a risk score. Oh, you look, you're risky. Uh, maybe I need to send the police to your house to tell you that you're putting people at risk for, I don't know, going to the coffee shop or what? Did you go to the supermarket and then drive back to your house before you, because you forgot your wallet? You're super high risk. You should be a little bit more organized. Oh, wait a minute. Did you have a birthday party with your friends? Wait a minute. Did you celebrate Easter with a group of more than one? You know, these are the things you should be looking out for. And, and you say, well, you know, we can battle that. Look what happened in Michigan. Correct. Right. (laughs) But are you really battling it? Is this technology not already there? It is. The only reason they're saying, oh, let's create this. Let's do this is because they want to make you feel like they're asking you for permission. They're not. They've already done it. They can trace where you go, what you do, uh, you know, turn on your phone. Like right now, someone could be looking at me through my camera on my cell phone. They can do this because they feel like it. And then we consider ourselves a free nation. For me, that has seen it firsthand, I could tell you we're everything but that. The people that we've been electing from a local level to federal have done nothing but abuse their rights to access information, right? You and, you know, you put your faith in them that they will do the right thing, right? And there they go, right? Taking advantage of that. Like, for example, uh, for myself, I've been, as my anchor, I've been doing work as, uh, you know, a linguist, obviously, interpreting and doing things uh, as a contractor for private and, and government companies. 
do you know how many social, I have everybody's identity, right? Uh, obviously not with me because I delete it for their security. I could use that to my advantage. How would you feel if you were, you didn't speak English and you called and you were asking information about your health, your bank account or court case or whatever. And I took all those details and used them. You know, or compile the database. How would you feel? You would feel really bad. But I have morals. See, I use something that's like an Etch-A-Sketch. <laughs> so when I jot things down to regurgitate, it deletes. Why? Because I'm a strong believer of do one to others as you would like others to do to you. And how do you know if the person that you're electing is trustworthy? How do you know the person that you have in office doing whatever job is, you know, good? That will have, you know, that will have these foundations and say, this is where we don't cross the line. You know, even in hospitals, if you start looking up patient data, right, it'll flag you because people actually do that. They'll go into databases of health records and whatnot just to get dirt on someone, just to share it, just to tell people. Teachers do that all the time against students. You would be surprised how vulnerable your information is and how important it is that we are able to mm, have trust, Right? How do you trust? Right now, we don't trust anyone. Do you trust the FBI? Heck no. Actually, just a couple of weeks ago, I happened during the quarantine, I happened to be out doing work and I happened to fall into a group meeting where somebody from the FBI was addressing other FBI agents and they were praising clown Comey. I kid you, what is going on? This guy has been proven corrupt, proven to have abused his position, showing all the connections that he has to everything that is dirt. And there you have senior FBI officials giving directions and information to people while talking about, you know, the way Director Comey showed us was an excellent way of doing blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why are you bringing him up? Last time I checked, the guy has been fired and he's in isolation and he's being interrogated for violating every single foundation that this nation has to stand on. Why are you bringing him up? This is how bad it is. Like, what do we do? See, that's a floor of our nation on the train that's moving, right? This U.S. train that's moving, a big chunk of that floor is the FBI. Another chunk of that floor is the intelligence community. So how do you fix this? Do you gut it and just say, yo, everybody just hang on to the ceiling and we're in for... <laughs> what if we go through a bumpy ride and we have no floor? These are the things you should think about when you're like, I don't see any arrests. They're just walking around because you have no idea that they are the foundation of everything that runs here. The way businesses are run, it's laid with swamp stuff. The way your schools are run, laid with swamp stuff. The way your law enforcement, laid with swamp stuff. Like, how do you gut this? You can't. The only way you gut it is by dismantling the whole government as it is and then rebooting it. But in that time, you know, you have these crazy dildo waivers, these Antifa idiots, these foreigners that they bus in to, you know, boost up their numbers. People that just like you are borderline. Well, I'm not seeing anything. This is no good. He's not doing anything. That's the problem. 
Because all of us have lost faith in, in one shape or form somewhere in our life. And now that we're seeing that there's not equal justice, we get upset rather than say, all right, well, hold on a second. <laughs> this man has a lot to put up with. And it's because no one's laid it out. All these pundits are saying, this is corrupt. This is, did, why don't you lay it out? This is just how bad it is. This is your house is built on manure. Your law enforcement built on manure. Your educational system built on manure. Banking system, super manure. Healthcare system, oh man. Insurance system, man. All of that built on manure. How do you fix that? How do you fix that? You ask yourself, what if you were President Trump and you're like, oh my gosh, everything that's running is crap. I got to pull out all the floors. Where's everyone going to stand while I pull the floors and install new ones? In the air? What is he going to bust us up maybe to the moon? <laughs> How does he hit the reset button on the, on, the in, on the bureaucratic infrastructure that we have, right? Because like he said before, we're sending 400 and somewhat million, spending billions, sending it to nations. Oh, you need help. Here's some taxpayer dollars. Yet we have potholes. Yet we have bridges that we haven't, you know, made beautiful. Why do other nations have like sparkly lights and, you know, beautiful you know, bridges and maybe covered walkways? You know, uh, why do they have that? And we don't. We're, the, we're supposed to be the richest nation on the planet. We're the one that gives everybody movies technology everything and yet we have absolutely nothing I, I want you to take a step back and see it from that perspective and you know yesterday I went on my <laughs> two little tirades um, I, I do read all my DMs and uh, you know I've just been so pre I'm, I feel like I'm neglecting my friends <laughs> I, I am trying to read all your comments, so hopefully I'll address them, uh, you know, over the air, which is a lot easier for me. But um, what people need to understand is we've been bleeding money to these clowns, these global clowns, and they are in charge of everything. And who's they? Maybe you can ask Christy Alley because she knows too. She's pretty woke. Because when you figure out who they are, you'll be like, well, wait a minute. I don't even know who they are. Exactly. That's the point. They have no names on their doors, no business cards. They just sit there. Picture them like the, you know, that monster from the movie Dune <laughs> with the, with the warts that was like a floating blob. Yeah, that's them. So, um, that's how they are. They just hoard everything, want everything and demand everything. And you're nothing. And you can see that in the eyes of the people that are supposedly serving you. They don't care about you. You think Pelosi cares about you? No, she doesn't. I mean, you know, look at where she was streaming from her lovely kitchen. It's kind of like those idiots. Oh, look, the supermarkets are full. I don't know what anyone's talking about. Yeah. Well, not all of us can afford to shop at a supermarket that has, you know, beef for like $50 a pound right? or with these elaborate salads. The majority of America goes to Walmart where they get stuff packaged and God knows where the meat came from sometimes. So don't, you know, be a little bit more considerate to your audience. So what yesterday, what I was trying to put out yesterday were two points. So I wrote an article 
uh, last fall. And even though, um, you know, my friends and, and friends that I consider friends, like ride or die friends, right? Uh, <laughs> I was like, yo, we have to like put the story out. Like, trust me, we have to put the story out that it's a wiretap, which we all now know it is. We all now know there's no whistleblower. We all now know how this happened. And we all now know why Brennan is probably questioned about this whistleblower too. And why Atkinson is in a lot of trouble because he went along with it. Now, in that article and before it, I wrote down who wrote the complaint, who helped author the complaint, and I also said how they were listening. Now, everyone's going to be like, well, you're just saying, and it's not like I'm going to sit there and tell you, right? I mean, I can't because then I give it away, right? So what do I do? I do the next best thing. And, you know, I use Twitter for, for me to put out information because I know that there are people out there that want information. And I've been tweeting for a very long time for anyone saying, oh, you just know. Since, since 2008, 2009, the beginning, January, February, I had my personal account. So I've been on Twitter for a very long time, dropping little subtle things. And I know which people are looking and how they're looking because it gives direction, especially during these elections, right? Especially during the 2016 elections. I was super on it, paying attention. I see everything. I have ways to be notified for people that I don't even follow. And the only people I follow not to be, you know, that's why I have my DMs open. It's not because I don't think you're special enough. It's just because they retweet a lot of stuff that I want to see, or, you know, they, you know, have something different to say, or they're my friends. That, that's how I, that's how I, I follow just so people know. Um, so I've been on Twitter for a very long time and I've been putting out information for people to see. So the day before my birthday last year, last year, I tweeted out, you know, a John, to John Brennan, wow, black phone. Some people have some explaining to do. Why did I, and I even put hashtag firsthand facts. Why? Let me explain to you what silent circle is. First of all, you can't get a black phone in the United States. That's been banned. Um, well, you can, unless you're someone special, right? You can't really anymore. So, you know, I said, pres- I tweeted out at John Brennan and my sneaky smile, popcorn, champagne. Imagine if Jim Jordan asked about this witch hunt, presidential harassment, all in one silent circle. So, uh, for those of you that have worked in big companies, right, you've used exchange servers before, right? So when you go in to send an email to your coworker or whatever, you put in their name like Mary and then all these Marys come up or anybody that has M-A-R-Y with their last name comes up, right? Everything. And if you click on any name, it pulls up a little contact card and in there it has all their profile information for the company. It'll have who they work for, what's their position, what's their link phone. Uh, you know, what uh, messenger they use, what email address they have, their date of birth, maybe sometimes, anniversary sometimes, the whole nine yards. Well, that's the way Silent Circle works too, in a way. It's kind of like an exchange system. So say I create a group where it's just me and five of my friends and we have our own enterprise system. I create a phone connection that it means that I can only speak to those five people and those five people can only call me. It's kind of like a secret walkie-talkie, but it's a cell phone. And so this is how they communicate. So ask me how I know that there's a wiretap and ask me how I know how John Brennan was involved in handing out these stupid little phones. That's right. GSG. Now, if you think GSG just sits in Luxembourg, you haven't been paying attention.
Because the one thing that you've noticed throughout the years of a Trump administration is that these people have companies within companies, within companies, within companies, all with the same name, maybe a little bit of paraphrasing. So if you go to Google and you put GSG, you're going to see all these companies. They all look like they have different owners. They all look like they're in different places, but they all do the same thing. All of them. There's global tech, there's regular tech, there's this, there's that, there's CGI, there's L3 communication, then there's just L3, then there's Lockheed L3, then there's Lockheed communications, then there's this, 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 so many. And they all, it's like Apple. It's like, no, not Apple, Alphabet. Google is Alphabet. Have you seen Alphabet? That's like that dune monster that's just eating everything. It's like the black hole of all tech companies. It just takes them all in, but allows them to look like they're separate identities. So each of them are pimples on the monster, but it's all one. And this is how they've pooled all your information. This is how they control you. And right now what you're seeing of, oh, maybe we should roll this out. Maybe we should do this. Um, guys, they already do it. That's the thing. They already do it. So <laughs> if they're already doing it. They're just putting it out there so that now you know they're doing it and they're asking you for permission. That's what happens. So then, so that, so that was the one facet. How are these people communicating? How are they talking? How are they chit-chatting? New phones. You know, maybe someone was on that enterprise and maybe we heard the conversations they had about Ukraine and how they wanted to cover up. Kind of like I said last year, right? February, dude, what was Joe Biden talking about at the Munich, you know, conference? Dude, they're ushering him to, to run. Why didn't he throw his hat in the race until April 25th, 2019? Because they wanted to make sure they had it set up. They wanted to make sure they had the people in place. But see, they didn't account for people like me. People like me that know how John Kerry and Biden got a phone call from the Burisma guy, the head honcho guy who was in a lot of trouble in the United Kingdom in 2014, where he was looking at a money laundering charge of like $35 million. And guess what? That went away as fast as it came up. Corruption. Corruption beyond belief. And the people that sat there and helped create this black hole of money laundering in the Ukraine, you know, key players, <laughs> some of them, their family got 10-year visas to the United States of America. The question is, why is Linux still the IG of the State Department? Why hasn't he revoked those visas? Why has he allowed them to reside within the United States? Those are all questions we can ask. And I get teed off. I know the wheels have to change. I know the floor has to change. And I know that the train is moving while you have to do it. But hey, we could get rid of that stupid corrupt lights. Like all the IGs, like every single one of them. Why is Deborah still there? AmeriCorps, USA. Why are they all still there? Like, I feel bad for Pompeo. All he does is wear galoshes treading through the deepest swamp in the State Department. I, I really like that guy, you know, and I like I slipped, you know, President Pompeo one day. That's the way it's going to be. But you can't because, you know, he can't. 
You know why? Because we had that happen before. And even though I would like to see him, you know, we had we had Bush, right? Bush was CIA director. You know, when he concocted all this JFK stuff, that's going to come out. <laughs> I mean, how many more years do we have? Like three, right? Two, three until we get that out, right? Because we have to wait like five years or whatnot until, you know, his body's cold before we can talk about it. Unless, you know, the day before everything's supposed to pop, you know, his son dies in jail. So then another five years because then the son's implicated too on all the corruption that he did in the Middle East and how he made tons of money in the 90s because daddy told him, you know, hey, we're we're coming into Beirut. <laughs> you know, these are the things that make you go, hmm. And it's so frustrating I really want to just see a purge of the IGs. God, please let this happen. Just purge them. We don't need them. I mean, Hillary Clinton had a State Department conducting God knows what with no IG. We can do without IGs for now. Get rid of all of them, starting with Storch of the NSA. That's the first one that needs to be removed. Why? Because Barack Hussein Obama, during transition, created, during transition, during transition, you guys, for the first time in history, made the IG of the NSA a position that is appointed by the president of the United States. That had never happened in history of the NSA, and he created that position. So he should be the first to go. Do you know why? Not only did Barack Hussein Obama create that, but he also nominated Stork. So that means in 2017, somebody advised the president, oh, I think it's a great idea that we go ahead and nominate Stork. He's great. He's this, he's that. But they omitted to say that a month before President Trump nominated him, he was offered a job, guess where? At the Ukraine to work in their corruption. Now, are you kidding? Like, this is stuff where you're just like pulling your hair. I, I, I remember myself, 2018, sitting there thumping. Oh my gosh, Dan Coates is such a na-na-na. He's the one that did the 25th Amendment. Na-na-na. That's the thing. I'm like... <laughs> It's, it's, it's there. Uh, everything's there. I'm not coming out right now just because the, the fact that this NDA expired with TAC allows me to talk about stateside stuff. So that way I could tell you how they created, how they created all this centralized intelligence. I'll see you guys right after this break. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. 
right. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, okay, so I have been just really livid with the messages that I get from people. People still demanding to get spoon-fed. People still getting upset. And you know what I really hate? When I see supposed conservatives, those pro accounts, right? Suddenly flipping and saying it's not enough. Or some of those that suddenly, you know, are going for causes when all this time they've been sitting on their tushies, right? Doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's horrible. You know, the, the, <laughs> we're the news, guys. You're the news. I'm the news. They're not the news. What, you have a blue check mark? What, you say things like, oh, you know, and we're supposed to jump? No. We can analyze everything we want. We have all the information. And just like I said, the president already has everything he needs to lock these people up everything to remove every single one of them like take a big fat wide broom the one that you would have in your garage you know to clean it out or in a store right? and he could just swipe them all away every single one and I can tell you there's only two people in Congress and maybe three I, I'll stick with two in in the Senate that's how much blackmail is out there and how many of them are actually people that are there to serve the people of the United States of America. Because every single one of them know this. You know, talking about little states, because the smaller states are easy to maneuver and see things. You know that, guys, right? Like in New York, the, the state of New York is really hard to maneuver. They've got their rural area. They've got their, their border territories in Canada. Then they have New York City. Then they have Long Island, which, which is a monster of its own. I'm sorry I had to do that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's multifaceted, kind of like California as well. But North Dakota is North Dakota. There is no big city. They think a big city is like 200,000 people when, you know, within where I'm at right now, 200,000 people are within, <laughs> within like 10 square miles. Well, no, even less, five. So, you know, they right now in this, this would be the perfect example, right? When you want to see something, you look at it on a more simpler scale. I've talked about parsimony and how parsimonious solutions or views are usually, views are usually the right ones. Because when it gets too complicated, it's like, well, I don't know. That's just way too complex. What's easier to analyze what's going on in New York when their numbers don't match if you analyze and compare them to cities that are equivalent to them, like, I don't know, well, even bigger than them and more dense of them like Manila, I'm just saying, which has third rate hospitals compared to the ones we have, have smaller square mileage and more people than New York has. And yet we have thousands of deaths and they have like a couple hundred. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> are you kidding? So let's take a look at that scale. So this is a state where they're all farmers. Everyone looks the same. They're all like German <laughs> or Norwegian. And they don't like people coming from other states at all. They're like that, you know, because it's like their territory, right? Um, and some, you know, cities and, and towns around the nation are like that, too. So they vote for the same group of people, the good old boys. It's kind of like, you know, a quasi crown, right? A quasi crown. They just made governor a guy who, um, you know, is a Microsoft guy, right? He was rich, so he's got to be smart. And yet, you know, he purchased property knowing that flood money is going to go there. So he's not paying anything to develop it in Fargo. Pretty funny, right? And, you know, he does all these things. Super corrupt. Like you can see super. And they finally, and, and, and 
Secretary of State has been there for like 20 years. Their Attorney General has been there for like 20 years. I mean, the military rotates people every four years at commands, maybe maximum six, because corruption. You know, you get comfortable. You know, you own the judges, you own the police, you own this, right? But they're okay with that. They're like, they don't care. Poverty, fine. We're good. Um, Because the majority of them aren't poor. You know, the working class there is like super dirt, dirt poor. The, you know, farmers and people that have like skills aren't. Okay. Now, this is a state where they have practically nobody um, <laughs> in comparison to other places. They probably have like nobody dead. Uh, their numbers are so weird and it makes absolutely no sense why they're shut down. Absolutely zero sense why they would be shut down. They have hardly anything. So, and they only have like two, three hospitals that are also run by the same people that are also part of the government, but let's not get there. And that is the only state in the nation that is piloting using drones to arrest people and spy on people. I kid you not. You have to look at it. And so look at their senators. They have two senators. Uh, So they used to have Heidi Kidekamp, total corrupt woman right there. Oh my gosh. She looks like uh, she was, when she went into Senate, she started to look more like a man, um, testosterone, like high. Right. But now they have Senator Kramer and Senator Hoven and their Congressman is, uh, Kelly Armstrong. So let's talk about the Senate for now. That's it. So you can compare and contrast just to see how corruption works. So I've already explained to you on their local level, just how corrupt they are with comfortable people there. Right. Super comfortable. Oh, they're cops. The majority of them that have been there for like 10, 15 years, the half of them, I'm fat. Okay. I'm fat and I could probably run further than them. Okay. Period. And I smoke and I could still run further than them. They won't even run. (laughs) They violate rights of people all the time because who's going to stop them? You know, they're friends with so-and-so and and -and so-and-so. So now we have Hoven. Do you know who uh, Senator Hoven is? Here's how you see corruption. So this guy's dad was like, you know, some, you know, corrupt clown that thought he could move and shake. Uh, he's not as smart as his father. His father was way smarter than him. And, um, you know, he went in, he was the president of the only state run bank. Oh, which by the way, has millions and millions and millions of dollars that they're like, oh, we're just saving that for later. Are you sure you're saving it? Or is it like really gone? So they have a state bank, right? The only one in the United States, state run bank. He was the president of that. He was also governor, you know, and he walked into the Senate with a net worth of $20 million. After one term, that net worth went to above $50 million. Now tell me how being a public servant makes you that freaking rich. Okay. How do you become that rich? Tell me what you do because you do nothing, right? He owns buildings, listen, in places, and he pays no state property tax, none, no property tax, no income tax, because, you know, it's in a zone that just so happened to include his building because he changed the face of it. So he gets that benefit. Do you see how corrupt they are? I'm kid you not. He's got an office in there with hedge funds, you know, kind of like black, Blackwater, Blackstone, all those, all those corrupt little, you know, funds where there's like 14, 14 companies within a company at one stupid little address where the people that are there aren't even on the books at the SEC. Just saying, but they have over half a billion dollars in income and they pay zero income tax. What? Corrupt. So let's take the other senator, Kramer. 
He was the congressman of North Dakota and now went to where? The Senate. Do you know what he has? He has a house, a white picket fence, and he had two children. He had. Now he has one. And, you know, he's got, what, a net worth of whatever you got. He's only got the house and the picket fence. He relies on his salary as a congressman and now as a senator. He's not the guy that has something crazy. He maybe has a 401k. I mean, you could see his financials. So tell me which one looks like a public servant to you. The guy, and he's a career politician. Don't get me wrong. He was like doing state stuff and then became a congressman and now a senator. Now, compare and contrast. Both of them career politicians. Both of them. Both of them smart. Which one's really the public servant? Do you see what I'm trying to say? Now, take... So that's a small state, so you can parse it out and see it. Look at who stands by what. You know, Hovind didn't want to build the wall. He wanted to put drones out there. Do you know why? Because he invests in drone technology. Ask him about the medical technology that he's invested in lately. Let's just ask that question. You know, because I said it's not about who's selling stock. It's look what they're buying. Because that's how you make money. You buy stuff low, and then later you sell it high when it grows. But, you know, I digress. So look at all your, look at your state, right? Compare and contrast your Senator, your Congressman to whatever it is and compare him to Kramer. Who's like, wow, if you're not following him, you should. He's a, he's a standout guy, like standout guy. And he's an actual public servant. He's what you would expect to be in a position of office to be your speaker, to be the person that speaks for you, to be your mouth, to be your ears, and to be your person. Kind of sounds like Donald J. Trump, doesn't it? He says what he feels, and he doesn't care if he gets flack for it. He stands by what it is, and he doesn't care if he gets flack for it, because he was elected to do what you want to do. So how many of the people that run your state, that represent your state, your city, whatever it is, how many of them are actual civil servants that are there to serve the people, not have the people serve them. Think. That's where the problem is. We're not hiring correctly, right? So we'll get to the planes and the cash in a bit because this is where it leads into. So we're not hiring correctly. And I've said this before. There's guidelines that they put down. So let's say, you know, my friend Mike wants to, uh, you know, work in the government. And I don't know, he wants to work for the State Department for USAID. <laughs> Even though we should shut it down. Let's just pick something else. I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know, the, he wants to work the Malta desk, right? So he applies for the job and they're like, all right, I mean, you can use a computer, you can answer phones, uh, you know, you can, you know, converse with Maltese pretty well, you know, their culture sounds great. Let's work. Uh, we're going to do a background check. And so Mike has really crappy credit and you know, he had his car taken, I don't know, like whatever years ago, probably has student loans. Maybe he's in, he even has child support and maybe, you know, his bank account literally has $50 and he really needs this job. So that way he can make things meet uh, ends meet because the other company he was working for is gone. And he's a great standout guy, 
But, you know, then you have this other guy named Kevin, you know, who's right next to him. Same stuff, but, you know, he's not as, um, you know, roll your sleeves up, but, you know, he's an easy background check, you know, mommy, daddy, spoon fed, you know, oh, he knows John Kerry or he knows this or he, you know, interned over there. He's a little bit better because he worked for the swamp a little bit. So Kevin gets the job and Mikey doesn't get the job. Mikey gets like the door in his face. Yeah. You know, you couldn't pass, you know, we couldn't vet you. We couldn't get you a clearance, like, you know, your Charlie clearance, you know, uh, because blah, 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 blah. And it's like, why? If you look at Mikey's profile, all he does is talk about how great America is. If you look at what he does on the weekend, he goes squirrel hunting and fishing and mows his lawn. He's a great dad. I mean, you can just turn on his Alexa and listen to him. Uh, you know, he likes to cook. He likes to fish. Um, he's pretty square. If you see his desk or his dresser at his house, he's pretty organized. I mean, he'd be a great asset, right? And he loves America first and he doesn't do commies or anything. Well, as Kevin, you know, thinks that some people are just useless and that they shouldn't be here. And if you turn on his Alexa, he'll start talking about how, you know, we're just giving away money to the poor and they all should just die. And, um, you know, how hunting is stupid and nobody should have guns. And he believes that, you know, the constitution is outdated. Who's the better civil servant, you guys? Obviously it's Mikey, but the guidelines that they use to work are wrong. Even though they have the information to suss out who's really trustworthy, you know, to work. So let's take it to the next level. Intelligence community. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So first of all, you don't apply for jobs, right? They find you. They always recruit you. And I've told people, uh, you know, in retrospect, it looks weird. But when I was, when I was recruited for the military, I was a kid and I was renewing my passport. I kid you not. I was renewing my passport. I didn't even do the paperwork. My mom had it filled out. I just went there, uh, you know, handed it in. I had signed it. I, my mom had signed it and I handed it in. And all I did was wait for them to actually like print it, right? Because it has to go to the state department and, you know, time difference. So, um, I had to wait. And while I was in the waiting room, yeah, an officer just comes in like, oh, hey, you know, what's up? Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally normal, right? Because that's what happens. Recruiters just come out to lobbies and they're like, hey, you want to chat? Want to take this test just to see where you're at? Kind of like it? Yeah, let's do it. You know, this is, this is what happens. They recruit you. But there are jobs within the IC like, you know, that are more mundane that you could apply for, Yeah. But the majority of the time, they hire you for really, really meaty jobs. So how do they suss them out? Again, they suss them out, not with the tools they have today, but the tools that were used by those who created the intelligence community, which is to keep it in the family, which is true. They do keep it in the family. But... They keep it in the wrong type of family. So there's families, you know, how it's like, oh, my great-grandfather was a general. My, you know, da-da-da was a captain and I, I'm serving too and I'm doing this. You know, it always runs in the family. It's in the blood of the family to, to be servants. Like for me, my children, well, my, uh, my eldest is currently protecting all of us, you know, and loves it and wouldn't be able to see doing it any different. And I'm... And my little one's going to do the same because it's something that they've been trained to do. And that is what <laughs> serve, because if you serve the people around you, it makes you a better person. And, and, and that doesn't mean you have to join the military, right? Anything we do of service is just great. Uh, if you go to your power plant or your chemical plant, like a friend of mine does, or 
you know, you're a waitress, you're serving, right? Uh, you take phone calls for unemployment benefits. Uh, you're a banker, you're serving, right? We're always serving the people. Um, and it makes us feel good. It's, it's never not serving the people. So we're serving, we're serving, we're serving. Well, think of it this way. How many of these companies like Greenpeace exist that tell you that you serve the world and you get this calling and you want to go and you're like, I'm going to join Greenpeace and I'm just going to do it. And other ones that is like AmeriCorps and, you know, <laughs> all these things that look so good. Teach USA, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I finished college. I think I want to take a year out and maybe go to Peru and peruse Peru while I teach English. Sounds great. Sounds amazing. I want to do that. I want to do that. That sounds like something I would want to, well, no, you're not going to do that. Some of you do that. Some of you, like maybe you'll go to Madagascar. I had a friend of mine that did that, went to Madagascar. She was like legit just, you know, um, doing that. But the majority of the time, these companies are not for that. Okay. They're not for that. These companies are for a completely different reason. They do not exist for what you think. AmeriCorps and Teach USA. If you see that on anybody's resume, unless they're like, you know, wearing Birkenstocks and have dreadlocks, like my friend, <laughs> they're usually, that's code for having gone to the farm. And Campiri is like one and it's so old and it's not really the real, there's like other ones, but <laughs> that I'm not at liberty to say and would never do that because I took an oath. But this is what they're cover for. And this is why if you actually, just so you know, just so you know, if you actually work for Greenpeace, you can get disqualified from government positions. Did you know that? That's actually true because it's a different type of government that Trump, that that runs Greenpeace. So how do we know that, you know, this person that went to Teach USA and spent, I don't know, you know, five months teaching kids with no arms in Thailand how to speak English is not good? Or and how do we know their fronts? Well, I'm going to tell you how we know their fronts. Do you remember during the campaign how the president of the United States today, then candidate Trump, was saying that Barack Hussein Obama had sent $1.6 billion worth of cash to Rouhani in Iran, right? Remember? And everyone's like, what? Where'd you get that cash? Well, we could talk about Wells Fargo and all of them who got the multiple currencies and why we sent it like this to evade sanctions. Like, oh my gosh, you put sanctions on Iran and then you go ahead and evade them with cash. But anyway, but it's not the first plane that went out. And it does, doesn't go to Iran. It goes to Qatar. It goes to Kuwait. I've seen it. I've seen ballots and ballots other times. So let's talk about the one massive plane in 2014. Or let's talk 2010, 2009. We could go, we could go all the way back to right after 9-11. Because, see, Bush 43 used AmeriCorps as a front. You know, oh, you know, they're using their money to do this. Nah, nah, nah. Just like USAID. And they take money from Teach USA, AmeriCorps, so all these programs that they have that are educational. Oh, art for people with like six toes. I kid you not. There's like actual nonprofits with some ridiculous stuff. And you're like, are you kidding? Like, is no one going to see that this is like, <laughs> like <laughs> oh my gosh, art for people with six toes. I, ugh. Anyway, so... You see this ridiculous stuff. They pull this money from these places in cash. 
And then they put them on a plane and boom, it goes across. So in 2002 was the biggest amount of money that landed in Qatar. Pallets and pallets and pallets worth. Now, what happened back then is uh, there was a the IG that actually oversaw all these programs that we have. And he was like, his name uh, was Gerald Walpin. And he was like, well, hold on a second. I'm looking. He was investigating, right? He didn't even do a full report yet. He was investigating. And suddenly, this U.S. attorney, which, by the way, is now a judge, right, from California, decides to chase after the I.D. and make all these false allegations of all this wrongdoing. And Obama removed him with his buddy from Dianne Feinstein's area. Oh. Want to listen to this one? So Diane Feinstein and this judge, the U.S. attorney that went after him from her district, just so you know, was also involved, uh, not directly, but his, uh, was it his family member? When, you know, the two people in the office where Diane Feinstein were happened to get murdered and Feinstein was the only one that found them. And because they died, she suddenly became like mayor so um you know you know how that works oh my gosh did both die oh dear do you mean that i just automatically become mayor shucks so this guy was actually chucked out got absolutely nothing for what doing his job and the only person that spoke up with him for him was chuck Grassley. Who said, well, why did you remove him? Like, can you, Barack Hussein Obama, you used your executive privilege six months into your presidency. Can you tell us why you removed him? I mean, looks like he's been doing his job. He didn't answer that. He doesn't care. Why would he answer to you? He's King Obama. He doesn't have to answer to you, Chuck. That's the way it goes. And Chuck knows this. And we should revisit this. We should nail Obama for this. Because what was discovered? What did they cover, Feinstein? What did they cover? They covered up cash. Cash, cash, cash that Obama was sending out to pay out to begin this whole mercenary scenario to start wiping, wiping in the Middle East. Your cash dollars, your tax dollars on a plane from all these programs that you so lovely, you know, your, your tax dollars are allocated to. A lot of cash off the books. So, you know, how do I know this? Like, Tori, you're saying this. Well, first of all, there's full public record. And like I said, we already have everything we need. Because it's record. We already have everything we need. Let me tell you something. Barack Hussein Obama's passport is nothing compared to the other stuff that's there. But for the record... Since I still had my username and password, just like I still had access to these phones that these idiots were using, which were mine, so I didn't hack, it's mine, my alum (laughs) email as I call it, every time an order or a mapping of where they could go to dump the cash happened, I would get to see it. So this is how I knew. This is how I knew there was a wiretap. This is how I knew why every plane. And the question is, why is Deborah Jeffrey still an IG? The questions. Questions, 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 questions. That's the thing. Why is Deborah Jeffrey an IG? Why haven't we removed her? 
You want to talk holdovers? You think the NSC was a problem? Where I'm like, hey, yo, this guy, this guy, the transition document, look over here. Look over Why are they in the White House? Hey, you know, this guy, Kroger, Nathan Kroger, that's in the White House advising the president, works with Saudis and has like these property companies, you know, washing machines. This, this guy has been in the GSA, washing machines. These are all, oh, and you want to know how they have a go-between with the OMB? Washing machines. This is where they do everything. It's like right there. So again, when you sit there and you criticize saying the president's not doing it fast enough, I'm just showing you one little pocket of one little vertical, vertical department that feeds into all the others. So imagine how many more are there. So I touched upon the AmeriCorps teaching, you know, NSDs, and now you see that it falls into what? Other areas of enrollment management in the OMB. So they all have little branches. So you, if you're so smart and you want to see a rest, tell me where we start. Because the minute you pluck, do you know that when you pluck basil, you know, to eat it, you take it from the top of the head, right? But guess what happens? It regrows. So what you got to do is, so it doesn't propagate all over your landscape is pull it out from the root. And that is exactly what he's trying to do. But you're not patient enough. So just be patient and cut him some slack. He's got a really big job to do. And all of us should appreciate that. And the only thing we should do is support him. I'll see you in a bit. Real news. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tour Sess Show. I'm your host, Tor. So today, uh, you know, I started the show in the hour to kind of help you guys understand that, yes, we should all be pissed that no arrests are happening. You know, this isn't happening. But we should also appreciate the just how intense the situation is because just how Everywhere it is like even, uh, you know, the way Walmart operates is, you know, run by people (laughs) that are just swamp creatures. So every little facet of your life is built on a swamp. So how do you fix that? You got to have patience because the only, the only way that you can rid corruption easier is by smoking them out more so because that's the thing. They're they're cocky and they're, and they're smirky and they talk smack like Comey and, and Clinton and all of them. Cause they're like, dude, the loser has everything and he can't do anything. That's the thing. He can't do anything. So look, we have it, but they don't take account for the wild cards, right? They don't take account for the wild cards. You know what that wild card is actually good human beings, the source of humanity, the source of good. And you know what else they don't account for? That people are just not that stupid. We're not that brainwashed and we can wake up. And this is where we're at. We are up, awake, (laughs) bushy-tailed. So here is where um, this segment, I want to um, kind of visit uh, news reports that happened. I want to start with um, the New Jersey governor. <laughs> Guys, you know I love Tucker, right? Like I, 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 I even tweeted out I'd be a sister wife for him. Not really. I wouldn't. I would never do that. But I'm just saying I, I want to be like his best friend. 
also, I, I love him so much that I can tease him too, because it seems that he, he actually uses tanning beds, but now, you know, with all the social distancing, he's probably using spray tan. So, um, he needs to just take it down a notch just for a second, but he was amazing yesterday. Wasn't he? He was awesome yesterday. Uh, the segments he did were exactly what we wanted to see in a nice, neat package, right? Put them on the spot. And listen to these clowns get annihilated with their own words. And he did a fabulous job. So those of you that missed Tucker yesterday can hear him, obviously, as always, on the Tory Says Show when he says really cool stuff like this. Of New York, no state in the country has been hit harder by this virus than the state of New Jersey. As of today, New Jersey has more than 71,000 cases of it. More than 3,100 people have died so far. Since the 21st of March, all residents in the state have been under a stay-at-home order, and that's had a big, predictable economic effect. In the past month, 577,000 New Jerseyans have filed for unemployment. Phil Murphy is the governor of New Jersey. He says that for now, the shutdown will continue. He joins us tonight. Governor, we really appreciate your coming on tonight. Thank you very much. I know you've got Thanks a lot me, uh, to deal with. And, and I, and I want to say at the outset that I, and I mean this sincerely, I always presume good faith in the decisions that our leaders are making right now because I know it's complex, uh, especially for you, the most dense state in the country, second highest death toll. But there's a couple things that I find confusing and I'd love to hear them explained. The first is the rationale for the lockdown. Now, you said early on the point was, and most governors said this, was to flatten the curve, to spread out the infection so our healthcare system didn't collapse. It didn't collapse. It came close, but it didn't. Now, today in your press conference, you gave a different rationale for the lockdown, and you said that you can't foresee normal gatherings continuing, I think it's a quote, until essentially there are no more cases. Why the change? Again, it's good to be on with you. Um, we believe completely that we don't get an economic recovery unless we've got a complete or near-complete health care recovery. So flattening that curve reduces the amount of hospitalizations, reduces the amount of intensive care beds, ventilators, healthcare workers needed, et cetera. Uh, and so you wanna get the line to cross between that and your capacity. If we had let this go, we think three plus million New Jerseyans would have been infected. The number, thank God, is gonna be a lot less than that, Tucker, uh, but we're still not out of the woods yet. My comments today uh, were directed at things like high school graduations, religious gatherings that folks had asked me about for June. And I just, I can't say with confidence, I think April, the next couple of weeks, is gonna be our toughest period. May, I hope, please God, assuming folks stay home, will be a little bit better. I can't predict with certainty into the summer. So my rationale's the same. Uh, I just gotta make sure that I'm being straight with people about the timing and frankly, what we don't know yet. But the standard that we're not going to have these large gatherings, including, as you said, religious services or NFL games, which you have in your state, until we're basically at zero new infections, that's not a standard that we apply to any other infectious diseases, including diseases that kill you know, as many people as this is projected to kill. So why the different standard in this case? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a different standard, and maybe it's the way I said it today, but here is, here is the reality. You get that economic recovery, that responsible reopening after you've cracked the back of this. Uh, I don't think any of us can expect that we can get this to zero, particularly in the absence of a vaccine. And it sounds like that's a year, a year and a half away. But I do think, and I did say this today, and we believe this strongly, uh, that we need a, a much broader testing regime. 
uh, and that will give us confidence if we can quickly test folks. Rutgers University, our state right. university, by the way, started this week with the saliva test, which they think could be scaled up dramatically. That would give us an enormous amount of confidence to be able to say, you know what, we could get back on our feet again and we can, we can highlight where there might be a, a, a burgeoning hotspot, have contact tracing in place and keep a lid on this. Right. And at the same time, let, let us get back on our feet. That'll be hugely important, I think, for, for every state. Once you get large randomized tests in the state of New Jersey, what do you expect the death rate will turn out to be from this disease? Well, I don't know, Tucker. I, I, based on everything we've seen, it is uh, meaningfully higher than the, the year in and year out influenza. Of course, influenza, there are vaccines for that. I get a flu shot every year. And please, God, we have a, right. flu, a, a shot soon for this as well. Um, I don't have a I don't have a, a, a specific answer other than it, it appears to be higher. And part of the reason is we know the folks who have passed and there have been far too many in our state, uh, over 3000 blessed souls. As you said, right. the denominator is the tough thing to get our arms around right now. And that's in the absence of the universal testing that we desperately need. That's right. So you just compared it to the annual influenza. Um, so there is a vaccine typically for that. Um, the new IHME numbers, University of Washington model that I think most of our leaders have been referring to. Just look, he's coming in for the kill now, guys. Um, suggests about 60,000 deaths nationwide by August 4th. That would be fewer than what the annual influenza caused a couple of. If you buy. Ma- Gosh, I hate commercials. They could just keep going without. So, <laughs> so he's calling him what we've been, all of us have been saying online. Well, hold on a second. How is this so bad? I mean, I know the majority of you were scared when you heard the numbers, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, all of us were probably, well, wait a minute, the flu kills more people. Why are we doing this? So take a listen to his, he's coming in for the kill. Gosh, is he a lion or what? The annual influenza caused a couple of years ago with a vaccine. So does that shake your faith at all in the utility of a vaccine for this disease? Maybe it's not the final answer. Yeah, it doesn't shake my faith in, in either the vaccine, uh, which uh, I'm, uh, all experts think is at least a year, a year and a half away. The experts that told us, uh, you know, two million are going to die. It does tell me that if the death tolls are around the numbers that you've just referred to, Tucker, that all of the actions we're taking are making a difference. I, I really believe that with all my heart. The fact that we're staying at home, staying away from each other, is flattening the curve, is leading eventually. Uh, we've got too many lost souls. Believe me, every one of them is a precious life. But the fact that it may be... Do you know why this shutdown happened? We're going to talk about that today. I'm going to tell you because, you know, a lot of people don't get to talk to drudges like myself. The people that actually, you know, we can't talk. You're not allowed to talk. But, you know, I was one of the first that was piloted in these private programs. So I'm not a government employee. I'm not releasing any state secrets at all. I'm releasing private secrets that just happen to be in the hands of public officials. And they're using them as if they're government secrets. Because every single thing you do at home, every single transaction you make, every single time you go to the doctor, every phone call, every email, every text you have is housed under an umbrella of private companies. So it's not really anything classified now, is it? Oh, and by the way, you know what's going to be fun? Let them want to 
Find out more because that's why I'm not giving you anything. Why don't you subpoena TAC? Let's get that in discovery. Why don't you subpoena GSG? Let's get that in discovery. That discovery is going to be a lot of fun because I'm going to make sure that it's public because it's a private matter. So why would you go to seal it? Is it going to cause you damage? You mean national security? No, you mean criminal, criminal. So what they're doing is criminal. And I'm going to tell you why they decided because I tweeted it out. Poor Trish Dragon tried to kind of mellow, bring it out. This has nothing to do with saving you. This has nothing to do with keeping you safe. It has everything to do with them keeping face and maintaining power. And this is how we're going to roll it out so you could see it. Because you know what? I dare you. Maybe lower than we had expected means that it's working. Let me ask you about the specific measures you just referred to. Uh, Now, large gatherings are banned, um, but liquor stores are deemed an essential service. uh, On the basis of what scientific evidence did you decide that? A couple of things. One is there are liquor stores in our state that actually have a little bit too many backroom gatherings. So we had a little bit of a challenge. We had to remind folks that liquor stores may be opening, but uh, may be open. But to your point, gatherings are not allowed. Uh, we relied on a whole lot of uh, input, uh, reasonable input from recovery coaches, addiction coaches. And they cautioned us if we were to shut, shutter those stores down, we'd have unintended mental health and addiction uh, prices to pay unintended consequences. And so far, that's the route we've taken. Uh, and my guess is we'll continue to take that route. So, but you have closed church services and synagogue services and arrested people for attempting to attend them. Did anyone say that maybe practicing your faith might be important to someone's mental health? Listen, I think we've had a very good uh, uh, good common ground with faith leaders of literally every faith who under- You know what? You know what I want to see? I saw it on a tweet somewhere and I retweeted it. I want to see us hold this shutdown during Ramadan. I want to see them tell, you know, the Muslim community in Minneapolis that they can't fill up the arena and slaughter their goats or do whatever they want to do. I want that to happen. Can we make that happen? Can we, can we do it during their religious holiday where you will bow down and say, okay, okay. Because you know what? They don't even know how many of these jihadis they had on the payroll and brought in. And they're worried about retaliation. I mean, I want to go to church. I'm pissed. I have been emailing the archdiocese of the Greek Orthodox, you know, faith that governs the United States of America saying this is BS. I have never missed an Easter ever. No matter what country I was in, no matter where I was, I was there for the resurrection service. And you are taking that away from me. You are taking that custom away from me. You are taking my right to be there. You are taking away that right from me to celebrate. Because for me, the biggest holiday of the year is actually Easter. It is the most important one for me. Because I get to remember that he gave his life for me. That there is a higher power that I answer to. And I want to rejoice because that man, you know, was of earth to come down to earth so that he can die so that I could just see to what extent 
He is willing to go to save me, and I can't celebrate him this Sunday. Well, it would be Saturday midnight mass, right? I can't because they decide that I can't do that, but I can do other stuff like, like go get high. Are you kidding? Understand this. Uh, and by the way, whether it's a liquor store, uh, a pharmacy, a uh, supermarket, we expect folks to distance themselves from each other, to wear face coverings, etc. There's an enormous amount of right. faith going on virtually right now, a lot of practicing going on, and we care deeply about both physical health and mental health. Of course, but I, I just, and I, and, I, and I don't want to be too persistent on this, but I, I think it's important. On what scientific basis did you decide that sitting in a church was much more dangerous than buying liquor in a liquor store? And why is yeah, buying liquor more important for the social fat? I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to think you're not the only governor who's done this. And I don't mean to pick on you, but it, I, no. I don't understand the reasoning. I don't want to think it had anything to do with tax revenues. No, it does not have anything to do with tax revenues. Our revenues are so blown up. Uh, that would be a rounding error. Trust me. Uh, this is I not bet. either or it can, it, it can be and both. I've spoken. No, what they want is they want people to get drunk. So there's a increase in domestic violence. They want people to get drunk and high so they could go out on the streets and start attacking each other. So that way it gives the governor more power to just put out his men in blue who are really trying to keep you safe, but they also want their jobs. So it's like, mm, you know, how many of those police officers are going to say no? There's only a handful. <laughs> there's only a handful. Only a handful, which sucks. I trust my police. I see police every day. And I love the fact that they protect me. And we should all, you know, be thankful that they're out there putting themselves out there in the public sphere with God knows what kind of crazy person, right? So, hey, this is what he's trying to do? Is that what they're trying to do? Create civil unrest? While in the darkness that you can't see because nothing's moving, a lot of them are sitting there in courts right now after grand juries are questioning them. So you can't see. They don't want you to see anything. They don't want you to see how they communicate. They don't want you to see. Spoken to Cardinal Tobin, to the leaders of the Jewish community, of the Muslim community. People are at peace where we have come out there. Uh, no, no one's happy. Everyone wants to get back to what they... Fun fact of, uh, about New Jersey, they are the only state that actually houses the only Muslim Brotherhood funded um, jihadi school. Um, <laughs> I wrote an article about it on Loomer.com. You can go ahead and see it. And it's and, and and here's the thing. The people that actually run the place are former. And I think they got fired after that article, if I may, <laughs> are all former Turkish uh, political officials like why is Turkey sending their you know former department of you know former secretary of education to teach at a no-name school in you know <laughs> in New Jersey ah makes perfect sense and that's why you would have your former deputy attorney general of Turkey also teaching there and he teaches things like history and math of course <laughs> these are the things that we're not paying to when you when you actually are able to grasp just how vast this swamp is, just how big it is, it'll blow your mind. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is like, you'll, you'll actually panic for a second and say, oh wait, um, this is actually unfixable. Let's just nuke it. <laughs> Let's just nuke the planet. We're done. Um, I'm okay with that. That's to the point. You, you, what do you do? So you've got to 
walk that tightrope and try to figure out, uh, you know, how you can maneuver something like this, how you can remedy something like this, because it is, it is pretty bad. It is very, very bad. And, you know, we're giving, people are out there constantly saying, we're not seeing arrest. They're they're Yeah. They're sitting there. They're cocky. They're laughing. They're like, what are you going to do about it? Trump? Because they know that he has everything. I mean, it's not much for, you know, the attorney general to issue subpoenas and search all of TAC and CGI and confiscate every little thing. I mean, I don't know if they can go to Luxembourg. They can. But, you know, whatever's in Luxembourg, the servers over here talk to it, too. So, you know, you have to think if we have everything, why aren't we doing it? Because you can't. You got people in the middle. They will take you out. They will. They are willing for you to die rather than them get caught or lose power. You have to understand that. That is the extreme. They're, they are inflating the fake. They're saying that the coronavirus is killing all those people when it's someone falling out of the sky with no parachute still gets coronavirus. These are the things you need to look at and understand the gravity of the situation and just how hard it is for him. And coupled with the fact that he's got snakes trying to get next to him every single day, every single day. And all those people you follow, which I follow, and I follow a lot of bad accounts, right? Bad ones, you know, that think they're like, oh, pro-Trump, you watch them flip like a switch. You're already seeing it. How they talk like they know what they're talking about. They're swamp creatures. They get paid. You just have to be, you know, careful at looking at it. The only person that I can say that pretty rubs off a lot on people is Mike Cernovich. They don't like him. I love him because he, he's not he's not interest driven. He's Mike Cernovich driven. And and that's the kind of people that you know people follow and are confused because <laughs> he just says what he wants he's not driven he loves america though and he's putting out questions but then you have other check marks right conservative ones supposedly right that put out things and you know they're totally not they're totally pro order You can see thousands taking to the streets in Lansing, Michigan yesterday to protest Democratic governor's extended stay-at-home order, the strictest in the nation with restrictions on purchases, family visits, even whether or not you could ride on a jet ski. Mishan Maddox calls the governor's orders tyrannical. She helped organize the protest and joins us right now. Mishan, good morning to you. Good morning, Steve. That's exactly what it felt like. Only in Michigan, you know, do you keep abortion clinics open and yet ban the sale of American flags. But that's exactly what we're facing here. Well, you know, uh, she says that the rally put the health of a number of Michigan uh, residents at risk. What do you say to that? You know what? Thousands and thousands of people showed up in Michigan yesterday um, peacefully. And instead of listening to any of them and offering any kind of hope, she came out and blamed them. And uh, she's really just doubling down every time she opens her mouth. And all I can tell you is I thank God that we have President Trump at the helm of this ship of America, because with leaders like Governor Whitmer, we're lost. In Michigan, it feels like we are um, oppressed right now. 
our demands are not even great. What we're really asking for is for to stop talking about what is essential and non-essential and just start looking at what is safe versus unsafe. And we know there are certain businesses and workers that should be able to safely get back to work right now. I was talking to my friend Tony yesterday. He and I go for a walk every day. He walks on one side of the street. I walk on the other. He's from Michigan. And one of the things he told me regarding uh, Governor Whitmer's stay-at-home order is, you know, around Detroit, that's a hot spot. That's a real problem. But in other parts of the state, it's largely rural, and it's not a problem. And so it, it seems like she was trying to apply a one-size-fits-all application to the other state that wasn't needed. According to my friend, what do you think? That's exactly what I, I agree with your friend. It's this blanket approach over, over the whole entire state of Michigan. You can't even take a boat out on the lake by yourself. Yeah, uh, you kind of dropped out there for just a moment. Could you repeat the last 10 seconds of what you said? I'm saying that we live in the Great Lakes state of Michigan, and that if you live on a lake in Michigan and you have a boat that has a motor on it, you can't even take your own boat out on the lake. You can't go fishing. It's okay to use a kayak yeah. or a canoe, but you can't go fishing. Right. But one of the things, and you know, Mishan, you uh, alluded to President Trump. He has made it very clear. When you're around other people, you need to social distance. You need to be at least six feet away and suggested that you wear face coverings and things like that. When you are not out on a lake by yourself or alone on a boat, you agree that right now at this point in the pandemic, people need to social distance, though, right? Absolutely. This protest was not about social distancing, and it really wasn't even about the shutdown, which is what she keeps saying. This is really about getting Michigan workers and small business owners back to work safely. We'd like her to take a look at all of the many ways in Michigan that people should be able to be out. You know, you can't even. Her audio is a little bit off, but, um, you know, what she's saying is true. It's Gestapo tactics. And after this short break, because I want to advertise the things that I believe in, they don't pay me for this. And that's the truth. <laughs> Nobody does. Um, cause it's, it's, it, you know what? If I was, they could have been saying you're trading secrets, but I'm not trading any secrets. This is all public record. And it's in private companies that supposedly take our tax dollars to work for us. So why don't we get with the program and make it more open? Um, that's what we should be doing. And they're doing it themselves. Look at this governor. She's pulling her own pants down. That's what she's doing. Forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America 
first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. Welcome back, everyone. So, uh, you know, usually in my last half hour, I give like a good, nice little uh, packeted spiel. Uh, you know, you know how I refer to Barack Hussein Obama. I know a lot of people are like, his name is Renegade. He is the like the kingpin Kaiser Sose. That's what he is. He's Kaiser Sose. That is who he is. The most elusive, disgusting type of, you know, head of anything ever the biggest mob the biggest mobster there is i loathe him because he was the he embodied everything that the bushes and the clintons and the true all wrapped together in one it is and you know why it's because he's that neo god thing right uh you guys should watch american gods and the battle that they have between them and how there's the old school gods and then the new ones, you know, the plot is fascinating. It gets a little bit tiring because, you know, but, you know, for the women out there, it's a really hot character, too. So <laughs> you can watch that. But to understand the concept of old old guard fighting the new guard, Barack Hussein Obama, the new Kaiser Sose, was trying to take he, you know, take control from the old guard. So what we're seeing right now is the dismantling of all of them, chip by chip, without stopping the train. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing their true colors come out. We're seeing the way they are responding to things. And, you know, uh, Hannity actually did a great job. And in portraying and um, putting Nancy Pelosi is the reason why Americans hate career politicians. She's not the only one. I'm sure every each and every one of you have a school board member, a city council member, a mayor, a governor, or whatever right there that, you know, is, is almost similar to the corrupt state of North Dakota. The most corrupt out of the whole nation. That is the most corrupt one. That is where people get killed. And, you know, nobody talks about it. It's like, oh, that's where sources and little young kids that the attorney general put out there end up face down with a bullet behind their head in a river with a back. Oh, my God. The, the atrocities that they do is just ridiculous. And it, it really angers me. And so today, I think I'm channeling the anger that the president of the United States had, and rightfully so. 
rightfully so that he had that anger rightfully so that he's taken the gloves off rightfully so because they tried to put him in a box and thank goodness thank goodness the game strategy that's going to be applied is the right one thank goodness because that's the thing a president cannot make decisions about everything on his own he relies on what we call experts like you know and then we could get into what defines an expert But I think this little short clip summarizes how all of us feel about what's going on today. Continues tonight. Much uh, to get to. We need to address what is the revolting, repulsive, sadly predictable behavior from two groups of people in this country. Yep, the same two predictable groups, the mob and the media, the Democratic Party. While the vast majority of our fellow Americans are working night and day, day and night together to beat back this Uh, national emergency and pandemic. These two hate-filled groups using what is a disease and a virus and an important moment to save lives uh, as a political weapon. The dog bites, the bee stings. If you're feeling sad, let's lash out at Donald Trump. Tonight's example comes from the Democratic Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Now, she just authored what is nothing short of a bizarre, rage-filled, Trump-obsessive, well, rant that is full of lies, outright lies, unending hypocrisy, breathtaking out-of-touch reality from her part, and according to the speaker, after an Easter weekend full of deep prayer and reflection. That usually sets you up for, okay, what's next? God apparently uh, communicated to her that Donald Trump was responsible for the carnage caused by coronavirus, writing, quote, in January, Donald Trump was warned about this pandemic, ignored those warnings, took insufficient action, caused unnecessary death and disaster. Okay, let's let truth get in the way of her little narrative, because you got to remember, China didn't identify the coronavirus until January 9th. The first known case in the United States was January 21st. And 10 days later, in record time, controversial at the moment, hysteria, xenophobic, fear-mongering, racist, January 31st, 10 days after the first case in the U.S., Donald Trump implemented the travel ban. Then remember, mandatory quarantines, first time in over 50 years. Subsequent travel bans declared a public health emergency. As a matter of fact, nobody in the history of modern medicine intersecting with politics has ever acted faster. What was Nancy Pelosi doing in January? That's right. Spending every waking moment impeaching the president. And then on January 15th, five days after the world was warned about COVID-19, she was all smiles. She signed off on her impeachment shift show stunt with commemorative pens and smiles and selfies and pictures. She knew the impeachment witch hunt was dead on arrival in the Senate, yet all of January into February, that is what the focus of her attention was on. Nothing about COVID-19. In early February, as the president mentioned coronavirus in the State of the Union, oh, remember this scene? Pelosi acting bizarre, pre-ripping the speech while the president was talking all about, in some cases, coronavirus. Oh, this was all her pre-planned public made-for-TV temper tantrum sideshow. And then on February 24th, that's a month after Donald Trump's travel ban, Well, into this health emergency, Pelosi, she shows up for a publicity stunt on the crowded streets of San Francisco's Chinatown. She's hugging and shaking hands with supporters and encouraging everyone to come to Chinatown, saying everything is fine, safe here. 
It turns out it was Pelosi who was giving out false information. It was Pelosi ignoring the warnings. It was Pelosi who failed to take action. It was Pelosi who failed to lead. And it was Pelosi who was so upset with impeachment and her stunt at the State of the Union, she couldn't see the forest through the trees. No, she didn't care. That was their backup plan. But, you know, doesn't that um, handy skit sound exactly like a show I did a couple weeks ago? It does. Because, you know, obviously it needs to be nicely neat and in a different package, of course. But here's where we're coming to. The elections are coming. Everyone's pushing mail-in ballot. We don't need it. We can social distance and vote. We can change the things a little bit by... um, you know, uh, implementing maybe a longer type, uh, you know, extension on uh, how we vote. It doesn't have to be in one day. We could put it by names. This way we can check for ID too and make sure that that vote is valid because we can crunch the votes every day and then a new team's going to come for the next team. That's the way it goes. You need volunteers to count ballots? I'm sure all of my listeners would volunteer to count ballots. And that's how we can make things better. Now, in the meantime today, he's going to make a decision by probably just saying on a federal level there's no need for it and he's going to say that hey if you believe that your state shouldn't be allowed your people in your state shouldn't be allowed to buy paint you know or seeds so they can plant them now and reap the harvest in the summer if you believe that if they go out on the lake to fish it's bad but they can go kayaking if you believe that they shouldn't be celebrating with their family members at home uh, with love and affection if you believe that all of these things are the then so be it. But if you're violating their civil rights, I'm watching. If your people ask me to step in, I'll have no other, you know, choice but to step in and remove every single elected official that sits in your state so I can fix it for them because they elected me to be here so I could fix it. This will make our president look like a juggernaut. You will not see one confused individual of, you know, if they're a box, a toy, a cat, a kid, an alien, they will all identify with one thing. I want my freedom and this is not good. I should be able to do this because we are watching more Democrats walk away with this stunt that backfired. And why? Why did they do this now? To cover up everything that's happening. To cover up Hunter Biden, Biden, Kerry, Barack Hussein Obama, who with a smirk put out that video. Man, that smirk ain't going to be lasting long. Because if there's, there are so many people out there, and I know... A lot of people like myself that have been engaged in, 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 in a career like myself, you know, don't get to talk because most of them, it's all survival mode. Well, I've seen this, you know, they can, what are they going to do to me? What are they going to do? Take me out. All right. I'll meet my maker. I have to stand for something or else I fall for everything, right? So how about you that sits in a cubicle that has the protection of whistleblower? Why don't you just walk over to Chuck Grassley's office? You know, you can wear a disguise, you know, you can, you can, you can hook yourself up with a proton mail, gorilla mail, buy yourself one of those dinky phones, email him and say, how do I get to you without anybody seeing me? Why don't you get with Devin Nunes? Why don't you get with Rick Grinnell? 
Why don't you do it? Oh, it's survival. See, because that's the thing. They have fear. They have put so much fear into people that work for them. They're thinking about their mortgage. They're thinking about food on their plate. They're thinking about everything. And you know what? I'm thinking about that too. I, I was on that website at the IRS saying, I need my Trump dollars. I need to get this done. But you know what? I have faith. And, and one thing that I've realized is that when you are doing things for good, God brings everything to you. Do not, that, I can't stress that enough. And as a scientist, you know, I actually went brick and mortar and completed one whole thing. I've done research. I know science to the core. It cannot explain how things change. The minute you embrace good, and let me tell you something. When you start actually coming out with teeth to shine light on evil, boy, does it come back on you. Boy, does it whiplash you because I could tell you I had never expected what I experienced in 2019 and in 2017. Boy, was I smacked down. But you know what? I'm still standing. And do you know what? Everything I need is always attracted. There's not one day that, that, that I don't go without worry that isn't met. And this, if people actually believe in that, you can't imagine how much better every single life is, how your life is. If you shed yourself from earthly belongings, it's not literal. It doesn't mean throw your stuff out the window and live on the street. It means don't worry about it. I'll provide. Don't worry about it. It'll happen. Don't worry about it. I got you. And all of us got each other. We carry each other through all of this. So let them scathe. The one thing that they shouldn't do is put those words in your mouth where you lose the faith that good can actually win. Because indeed, if you saw just how evil it is, if you actually put on glasses that stripped the nice paint on your wall, the fancy backsplash, the nice building you're in, house, white picket fence, all you'll see is evil. And that will cause you so much discomfort. It will make you uncomfortable because you can't see. You can't see that. You want to unsee that. You don't want to see it. You don't because you can't unsee it, right? But if you embrace it and say, oh, look at that, but, and, and see it from another perspective, the perspective that, holy moly, I am in the middle of like hell. There is so much evil around me. I am literally walking on swamp. I am literally up to my eyeballs in manure, yet I'm still here and I'm still standing. That is what you have to focus on. You're still standing no matter what. And for me, throw the mud, throw the arrows, throw whatever you want at me. I really don't care. You're not going to tell me who I am and you're not going to tell me where I stand. If every single person out there stood like that, said what they felt, put it out there and demanded and stood up for every single person, because you know, when we watch these videos of people getting beat up or killed, you know what I wonder, why are you filming it? Okay. Yeah. You need to film it, but is anyone helping? I'd be filming and helping. I've done, I've done that before where you're holding your phone and it's like you don't record anything but you help we're supposed to be helping each other you know because or else we fall for things like this there's people that actually listen to this and think it's normal we gotta it's just yeah. but you gotta i mean the, the we gotta reassure look my my message to everybody i talk to we gotta it's just yeah. but you gotta i mean the we got to reassure, look, my my message to everybody I talk to, we got to, it's just, yeah. but. 
Sounds crazy, right? It's on repeat, right? Sounds super crazy. This is the guy they want for president. They're telling you he's going to save you and he can't put string a sentence together. His wife, Dr. Jill Biden, sitting right next to him, almost holding him up and just nodding like, yeah, this is totally normal. We got it. We got it. We got, we got it. What? You can't even remember what you were saying. You don't even know what your name is. If Jill's not there to pat you on the back, first of all, and reminding you that it's Jill and not your sister, you don't know. So look at the insanity. Like the insanity is right there in front of your eyes. So can you just imagine, imagine if you actually stood a little bit taller because we all get shot down, right? All of us. That includes me. That includes me. Gosh, you know, the two hours that I spend with my listeners on the radio are incredible for me. Because it's the time that, you know, I get to be me and not worry about anything. And where I have a conversation with, you know, hundreds of thousands of you across the world. And, you know, uh, you know, that kind of can bounce off of conversations through messages or whatever. But it's that time where we can say what we feel and, you know, parse through the rubbish. Here's rubbish. This is this morning, Joe, by the way, what happened to Lori Clasudis, right? Nobody's talking about that, right, Joe? Um, Have this clown on here that can't string a sentence. And they're telling you that this is the guy you need to put your faith in. Not the guy, not the guy that has been in office for three years being attacked at every corner, no matter what he's done, they've attacked him. They have been trying to remove him from office from the minute he swore in. They even planned, and I'm telling you this again, and ask me how I know, because it's all going to go back to that. How I know there was a secret meeting with all of them on how they were trying to demand or try to push forward. The annulment or delay of his inauguration. You think that's a joke? Tom Finn has part of those emails. <laughs> I still had my username and password up until Millie Weaver's, uh, you know, report where they took the page down and put it back up. So I'm telling you, this exists. We know it exists. They say that it was deleted, maybe from federal ones, but all the strokes, emails, Lisa Pages, Hillary's. I could tell you exactly where they are because I wrote it in an article on big league politics. I told you about Hurricane Electric, not Crossfire Hurricane, Hurricane Electric. Who is Hurricane Electric? Hmm. I put it out there like little Easter eggs. Like, you know, here you go. Kind of like, you know, I like to play video games. Sometimes you might catch me playing Monopoly on Xbox. I don't cheat <laughs> and I hate when people sign out. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a gamer. I like it. I do it. I'm, I'm on age, age of empires, big, big thing. And I use the Turks. I hate the Turks. <laughs> I use the Turks. It's all about putting the pieces of the puzzle together because seeing the picture right away is so disheartening and so defeating as a human being like I, I was walking in those trenches. I saw it little by little and didn't even see it. <laughs> I didn't even see it years later around my ankles. It is, that is the, the devil's trick. He hides and he's your invisible enemy. He's like right there, right there. Kaiser Sose, Kingpin Kaiser Sose, Barack Hussein Obama. He's going to be impeached. And I said that years ago. He's going to get impeached. He's going to get impeached. 
I, you know, but the, the question that I have, and I, and I don't understand, the one weapon I know that we can utilize is to undo his executive order, the first executive order that he signed the day he swore in. Five minutes later, he signed an executive order. I wrote about it. And I also talked about who helped craft it, which was an, an attorney named Robert Bauer of Perkins Coy. The article is on Tory Says. I mean, if you just go to the search bar on ToriSays.com and put in something like Perkins Coy, I outline it. In every single article I've put out there, I've put a little bit of information because I, I know the audience I have. <laughs> and the audience is very selective and they like to do digging and learn for themselves. Sometimes you can't just spell things out because if you spell it out, you're no better than the mainstream media, number one. Number two, you're, you're, once the information is in front of you, Based on your subjectivity at that moment in time where you look at it, you either dismiss or accept. So there's a, there's a thing about learning, right? We like to learn things ourselves. We like to engage with the information. This is why we see that video reports with speech are better. This is why we see memes are better because they're more engaging. A meme will have one phrase and a picture and then you have to put it together because this is how we are as human beings. We have subjectivity. But when something is not black and white, right? When you get cryptic type messages or you know that in in some writing there's like some super kinder egg surprise you know you pay a little bit more attention to what is being said this is why memes are effective so what is our president going to do today aside from outline the guidelines right now that he's doing with the governors right hey you want to keep your state shut down all right you need federal funds? Yeah, I got to see why you need it. You got coronavirus victims? I got to check that they got coronavirus. You're doing this? I got to check. That's the way it is. If you want federal taxpayer dollars, I got to see everything. Every single line item you need. And you watch how quick they open. No matter how much Cuomo just said, oh, I'm going to keep it, you know, the stay at home order. All right, do it. Do it because now you're going to want some. You're going to want some and that's the way it is. So I want to just play something because Devin Nunes, who we all adore, has this to say about his first podcast on YouTube coming out tomorrow. This is Devin Nunes. I have my podcast on iTunes, but this week we're going to unveil YouTube. I just finished an interview with our first guest, Lara Trump, who of course is the president's daughter-in-law who runs uh, the Tr Women for Trump campaign. But I wanted to bring to you my fancy studio that I've designed myself. You can check out my computer. And I got this right here with two books because I had to prop it up a little bit just to get it at the right height whenever I do interviews. Uh, so now I've got it at the right height. The only thing you have to do is check out my wires down here. I've got a bunch of wires. Um, so you got to be careful not to trip over the wires. And you can't knock this off because you see this is like a step stool, but it's barely on the uh, actual little table here that I stole from my wife. So anyway, um, this is my studio for my first YouTube uh, appearance on my, for my podcast to be on YouTube in a simulcast. Uh, I hope you enjoy it and uh, please subscribe and stay safe. Now, let me ask you a question. Um, oh gosh, darn it. Let me retweet that for you guys so you can see it. I mean, he tweeted it himself. How do you, how do you feel Right. How do you feel about Devin Nunes? How do you feel of, you know, him being where he is? 
you know, how do you feel? I feel great. I feel great. Don't you? Because he is who you want in office because he's what? Uh, a public servant, right? He's serving you and he's not frills and everything. He's, he, he is looking after you and me and our children and he's showing you himself. Talk about transparency. This is exactly what we need. This is what we need. We need to be able to see them for who they are. And this is where faces come out in a time of strain, in a time of being boxed in. All we could do is see them for who they are, right? See them for what they have to say and who they are. Now, I had a conversation, let me just say, with, um, with a couple of people. But you know what was funny? I was thinking, you know, they have seen me tweet and tweet and tweet. But you know what? If they actually saw me because I got I, 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 was, I was diagnosed with something five years ago. So I have, you know, obviously health wise, I'm not doing so well. So I was thinking, oh, my gosh, they won't even recognize me because I'm fat now. So they'll be like, who is this? Let's find this. <laughs> and I'm thinking they won't even recognize who I am. Uh, temporary stasis. Right. Uh, but, you know, recognizing someone is very important, right? This is, this is where I'm going to go with this. And I want to leave this with you today. Recognizing someone to, to who they are is not always what you see. Things are not always what you see. Okay. Things are not always what you see. How do you recognize what's true and what's false? Hmm. Again, we bring in subjectivity. So today when we watch the press conference, well, the announcement, the coronavirus task force, which is <laughs> starting to become very sparse and very diverse in its um, whole action in itself. I want you, if you can, right, just sit back and see it from an objective perspective. Uh, perspective, uh, I like Trump, I don't like Trump, I don't care. Just see it objectively and try to listen in between the words. But also look at the environment, look who's sitting where and what they're asking. Just try to take it in like that while you get the news of his plan and listen very carefully to what he says. Kind of like how they said, are you going to let the governors decide? Does that mean you're not going to give them federal aid? Someone was reading some Tory says. He's like, no, no, no. But if they need help, we can give it to them. To get help, you need to apply. And to apply, you need to tell us what you need it for, right? So on that note... Try to see things more objectively and be patient and try to understand just exactly what he's up against. And with him going up against it, that means you and I are. God bless everyone. See you tomorrow.